Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I'm your host, Eric Fisher, and this is the show where we talk to the people behind the productivity. This week we are talking to Mike Vardy. That name should be familiar to you if you've ever listened to the show before because Mike has been on this show more than any other person. This is in fact part one of a two-part conversation. The second part you will find over at the Productivityist podcast, which is over at productivityist.com. Just click the podcast button there and scroll down. You should see it. It should be brand new. This is part one, though, and this conversation with Mike Vardy, we get into some really cool topics. It's pretty much a conversation between one productivity person to another, and we talk about competition in terms of how you do your best work compared to somebody else or trying not to compare yourself to somebody else, for that matter. We talk about overwhelm and how to deal with that. Working ahead in seasons, looking ahead at themes, juggling many priorities, if that's even a thing, and much more. And again, this conversation moves right on into a continuation of this very conversation that you will find over at the Productivityist podcast that will drop next week. Once that has dropped, I will add the link to the show notes for this episode, which you can find at beyondthetodolist.com slash 153. Before we get into that first half of this conversation, I want to say thank you to AWeber for supporting this episode of Beyond the To-Do List. AWeber is a leading email marketing platform for growing businesses and entrepreneurs. Their online resource landing page is for anyone who wants to be a better digital marketer. That resource, that landing page that you can go to and get up to speed on getting your first online course, your first YouTube video, your first Facebook ad, your first shareable images, your first podcast episode, even your first 50 email newsletter subscribers. To get that, all you need to do is head on over to aweber.com slash to do. That's A-W-E-B-E-R.com slash to do, T-O-D-O. Head on over to aweber.com slash to do. You can find those free videos, downloadable checklists, that will quickly get you launched into these marketing tactics for whatever it is you do in the online space. Again, these resources have been generously made free by AWeber. Make sure to go check them out, aweber.com slash to-do. Thanks again to AWeber for supporting this episode of Beyond the To-Do List. Enjoy this conversation with Mike Vardy. It is my privilege and a pleasure to welcome back to the show for, geez, at least the second time, maybe the third time in some form or fashion. <laughs> Actually, way many more than that, dude. It, you've been on all the Blab episodes. Anyway, it's Mike Vardy. <laughs> welcome to the show. Hey, Eric. Thanks for having that, me on. That, l- that literally just hit me. It was like, oh, yeah, you've been on here. People that listen to the show should be familiar with your voice by now because, one, probably a lot of, a lot of them listen to your show. Uh, and if they're not, they should. And then, two... Uh, you and Steve Dotto have been on – I don't know how many I put out as podcast episodes, but at least five or six. So I'm probably your most fre- – I, I, I am probably your most frequent guest. I think you're right because you were already on the show at least the one solo time, maybe uh-huh. two. I think you were also on the one where we talked about a bunch of tools. Oh, and then you were on the one uh, – the 100th episode with yep. Craig Jarrow talking about the Apple Watch. And so, yeah, you actually – this is really kind of a cool revelation. Um, that you've been probably the most featured person on my podcast at this point. That's, you know, that's an honor. Your show is so awesome, man. Like, I mean, I've always really, no, seriously, like I've, I've, I mean, 
you know, I mean, it, it's funny. There's a few of us that, you know, we were talking about this just before we jumped on. And we said, who do you have on in a couple of weeks? Who do you have on? Because we want to make sure that we don't actually – we try to avoid oh, having the same people on the same I weeks. know. There's – so so that's a that's actually a – there's a couple different places I want to go with this. One, sure. uh, originally you were doing podcasting before pro- – productivity podcasting, I should say. I was podcasting before you for sure, but you were doing productivity hold podcasting. Hold Hold on. When did you start podcasting? <laughs> so a little known secret to maybe this audience is that I was listening to podcasts way back in 2005. Uh-huh. And then in the enti- almost the entire year of 2007, I did a comedy show with a friend of mine. Really? Yeah. And that December 2007, iTunes named us one of the best new comedy podcasts. Really? And they're like year-end wrap-up. I don't know how, if they still do that or anything. Yeah, totally. And 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 there are snippets out there possibly to be found. The show was called We're Both Right, and it was kind of – we would take antagonistic views against each other. and But it, it didn't end up being that way too much. We, see, yeah. see, and the first one I ever did – was called uh, was it was it effing the dog? It was called effing the dog. That was my parody. I was doing the productivity parody back when I first started, and my first episode was back in two thousand and eight. So what does that stand for? What was the title? FTD effing the dog. It was a parody of GTD. Okay. So I was doing this productivity parody thing where, uh, and actually you could I mean there's actually there's <laughs> episodes on archive.org. I just Probably. I just I just uh, I just uh, googled it. And yes, there is an episode. Episode three is the first one that shows up, uh, and it is on um, Arca- I, I interviewed Scott, that was uh, Scott Olgren, the, the the creator of Brain Tonic. Wow, this is a long time ago. And I had uh, a Brain Tonic. Yeah, and it was when, and this is when, and this is, I mean, I remember the first time I met Merlin Mann. This is where I really kind of got a bit of a reality jolt. We've talked about a little bit about this before. Yes. But I, I had a segment on that podcast, and again, this is when I was doing parody. So I kind of turned Merlin into my like Bill O'Reilly character, like or my Bill O'Reilly, where it was basically, you know, he was my nemesis. Um, and it was the debut of the segment called Man in Motion, M A N in Motion. And uh, so I had, I had a, a, it was, it was just, it wasn't terribly well done. Now that I look back at it, uh, you know. Um, but that was so I've been podcasting for now going on eight years. So actually over eight years now. So a lot of people don't know, know that either. Um, I was definitely not named one of the most one of the best comedy podcasts or new comedy podcast. So that's kudos to you. But we it's amazing. We both started out doing comedy podcasts that's when true. we started. And we still both, I think, really have an itch for wanting to do some of that, you know? Yeah, and, totally. And, it's, and we're doing productivity instead. And I know that you uh, with – Michael Schechter uh, did Mics on Mics, and that's the productivity one I was thinking of, is you were doing productivity podcasting before me. Yeah. Because yeah, that existed I, before this show did. Yeah, we were doing that one. Um, we started out doing it on our own, and then we went to the um, – it, 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 it became the 5x5 five five network, but it was we, – we joined 5x5, five five and we were – and, and that, was, that was a lot of fun. And Schechter and I had a great time doing that. He's he's since retired from podcasting. I guess it's probably the best way to put it. Yeah, uh, and, and retired from the product. Yeah, I did too. I did too. Um, I, it looks like I might be getting to go to see him in New York in the next uh, little while. You know, after we air this, uh, probably the next few weeks. Um, but uh, yeah, I was definitely doing it because I started podcasting even with even with the productivity as pod or with the uh, effing the dog podcast. Um, I was already into the productivity niche when I first started, and that was the that was kind of my honestly that was when I, I interviewed Seth Godin on that show, uh, and I interviewed David Allen on that show, and from there that kind of pushed me into the direction um, that I'm in now, which is I became the very thing I was parodying. I became instead of being the Stephen Colbert esque, I could because I couldn't continue the show, like I, I actually stopped doing. Uh, I think the dog became eventualism. And then I basically said, you know what, I can't do this anymore. And you know how long, you know, the itch that we talked about, like the the fact that I still itch to have the itch to do it. Yeah. Um. I I held on to eventualism dot com for a long time. I think only a couple of years ago did I finally say, you know what, that's not that's not where I'm going anymore. If I decide to do comedy again, I'm not going to go down that road. But I held on to it because it was it was like a it was like a warm security blanket. It was like my foray into the internet. Uh, because before that, I was just, you know, that was I was still working the the regular job, not online, mostly offline. That podcast was just for fun. 
And now I earn a living, you know, doing productivity work, being a productivity strategist and helping out people uh, both through the podcast, the blog, through courses, through coaching, all that stuff. Well, and that, okay, so there's a couple different threads here that I see, and I'm going to kind of pull them all into one, and then we'll kick off a conversation here about this kind of thing I'm seeing. So let me pull together, uh, let's see, we, you and myself, are both productivity podcasters doing similar shows, not the same show, but similar shows, similar format in some ways, and we aren't the only ones. There's, let's see here, there's the Asian Efficiency Podcast, Mm -hmm. there's Jeff Sanders, there's Laura uh, McClellan. Laura McClellan, uh, the productive, the productive woman. I got to say that right. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's at least one or two others. I would count Shrini in what we do, although he he's on a different level or in a different. He's doing it in a yeah. different way. Yeah, I mean, even back to work, still. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So there's there and and so there's all these different styles now. I so I know. <laughs> there, the, it, when I listened to Back to Work in the past, I, I haven't re- listened recently. Uh, I, I, yeah, me neither. They, they just not, just not enough time, and and it's the one that I really miss. Anyway, they had so much fun ripping apart in in a very funny way the requests for people to be on their shows, and right. that's that's where I want to go real quick. Here is the fact that. How do we approach what it is we do when it seems to be that there are other people doing almost the exact same thing? How do we differentiate what we're doing in a, in the exact same field as somebody else is doing? How do we make that work worthwhile? Um, this is not a topic I had even planned to bring up to you, but mm. the fact you know, like, and I think the I, I would say that for the most part. Or for all of the part, I, I don't have any antagonistic feelings towards any other show that is doing something similar to my show at all. It's more, hey, how can we all coordinate so that we don't all have our Jonathan Fields or Srinivas Rao or who's the other person that recently came through? I don't know, but anyway, where we all release our episode with that person in the same week, you know, because they have a book coming out and they want to be on everybody's show, and that's a good thing. But we all have to do our unique take. Do you see what I'm saying? Totally, totally. And, and you know, I mean, I think I used to really worry about that. Uh, you know, I used to say, oh, I can't have my show on the say. Oh, Wednesday, well, I'm going to be honest and, and say I still worry about that and probably for no reason. Yeah, I think, you know what, I used to I used to really worry about it because I didn't want I, I was worried that the other show would do a better job, you know. Yes. Uh, and and I realized that there, I have no control over that. I have absolutely no control over that. So, and, 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 you know, I mean, I think this goes with the internet in general, you know, I mean, uh, you know, you, you we, we all subscribe to newsletters uh, that, you know, especially with what I, cause I'm doing a lot of writing on the top topic too. So I have to also be mindful of that. Like when it, I remember when new apps would come out, you know, and everyone would do the review of the app or they would talk about, they put their own spin on it or whatever. Um, I used to have to worry about that too. And I think that was, back when I was writing for the next web and cult of Mac where I was, you know, I wanted to be very, I wanted to be different. I wanted to infuse it with my own style, but make sure it was really good. And there was always this pressure to, um, first off be first, which is, you know, which is such a staple of, of tech news and and news in general. So be, be first and then fix later. You know what I mean? (laughs) And then, and and then you can't really do that with podcasts. You can't be first and then go, okay, let's go back and fix it. Cause you know, once it's out there, it's out there. But um, although just to hit pause on you real quick, that although knowing somebody has a book coming out or is looking to be on a bunch of shows and trying to get the first available slot is it has worked in my advantage in the past. It yeah, but again, you know, I have to wonder, and and I have so many other balls in the air that I have to worry about that I'm not Mm -hmm. going to, you know, like we we have we both have the same guest coming up. Um, that, you know, who, who I actually said, you should be on your show. Like right. they came to me first and I said, Hey, go talk to Eric. I think he'd be a great, you know, I think he'd be great. And I think that once I got over the whole, okay, I sure hope that I don't have Zachary Sexton on the same week that Eric does. Um, cause, cause we, at, we're the different flavor, you know, I mean, you're now, the di- now, our voice our you know, to go yeah. Todd Henry on you, like yeah. our voice is what makes the work different. Exactly. And so, you know, I mean, I love what Srini does on his podcast. Like Srini dives mm-hmm. deep. And when I had Srini on the show, 
you know, I mean, and and I that, read his book. That was book. a great episode, by the way. Thank you. By the way, this is the other thing is that I used to worry about being first because I wanted to be first um, because that, you know, like you said, uh, you know, it, it has a certain cachet attached to it. But I had Shrini on after I read the book and it was so much better. Like, you know, sometimes you get the person who wants to be on the show or they, they you know, they're, and you haven't had a chance to fully read the book because, you know, life uh, or you haven't had. And I'm very upfront about it. Like I haven't, you know, I, I used to, you know, not even mention it. Um, there are times where I still don't. But <laughs> if, if, you know, I mean, just because it never comes up. Yeah. But if, if somebody says, you know, I mean, I remember watching John Stewart talk about it on his show and he said, you know, I, I haven't read this book yet. Um, and, and it's like, yeah, of course you haven't because you've got a you've got kids and you, you know, you're producing four shows a week, and that just is what you do in front of the camera. We can't even see what you're doing behind the camera since running a production company and all that. Uh, so I kind of, you know, I mean, I've read the new book by this author that we're going to have on the show, and I don't know if we, I mean, it's, it's Dr. Michael Bruce. We're both yeah. having him. Um, I read it. Uh, it was it was great. It's phenomenal. I really enjoyed the book. Um, you and I are going to both probably have. We're going to have completely different takes on it. Um, mainly because I'm. Mainly, mainly because I'm 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 of the of the of the night persuasion, whereas right. you're not. So that's well, going to automatically flavor it. And that's what really threw me is when you started telling me about it. We were having a different meeting, and you said, "Hey, I'm reading this book," and you were describing it to me. And I said, "Man, I really want to read that." And you said, "Well, I'm having him on," and I was like, "Hey, <laughs> mm-hmm. I should have him on too." And then immediately the book showed up the next you know two three days later or something. Yeah, and so yeah, so so I think I think that. Number one, I think I'm more concerned about depth when it comes to shows now than I ever used to be before. Uh, It was, I mean, it's hard to do a weekly show, but I remember when I did comedy, we did a weekly comedy show. We did a a 60 minute, uh, was it 60 minutes or 90? It might even have been, it was 90 actually because we had a break. We used to do a um, weekly sketch show in Victoria, B.C., my comedy troupe called the 30 cent players and we would do it every single week. We all had day jobs and we would rehearse and it would be a 90 minute show that we would do every single week. Eventually we, we pushed it to every, to biweekly cause the show started to suck. Cause I mean, we couldn't do, uh, and, and the worst part that I found is I used to be really great at memorizing lines. And I think this probably uh, is a nice feed into when I talk about like don't, try not to capture I mean, capture everything, regret nothing, like don't keep everything in your head yeah. because what happened was is the thing that I was really good at suffered. I ended up getting so good at like I was I was trying to produce the show. I was partly writing the show. I was partly directing the show. I was acting in the show. The thing that suffered was my ability to memorize lines and uh, it showed and I got a lot of flack from the from the group on that. But we were trying to do a. a a consistent weekly show where it was fresh sketches, fresh, not even the same ones, even though we knew that there would be different people in the audience. Uh, and the show, you know, we would have one week, we would have 40 people in the audience because Victoria's not a huge city. Next week we'd have like 10 and we would still do it. So the consistency was there and we got better and better at it, but we might have, we should have probably just rehearsed every single week and done a show once a month. Like the other troop in town, atomic vaudeville, who did a monthly show. It was like a review and they sold out the place and their shows were getting rave reviews. And we were the also rans of the, of the comedy community in Victoria. Um, we have, we had some phenomenal talent. One of the people that, uh, there's one woman who lives in San Francisco now, Karen Brailsford, who actually had on one of my podcasts back when I was doing, uh, the, uh, the, uh, uh, it would have been when I was doing the productivity podcast way back. Like we're talking, you know, before I think it was just while I was doing mics on mics with Schechter. Um, another, she's in San Francisco now. She actually is making a, a good living uh, doing uh, working down down in, in the states, as well as she looks a lot like Kate Middleton, you know, the princess of the, yeah. the Dutch. So she does a lot of gigs like that. There's another woman, Katie Ellen Humphreys, who just came back to Victoria, uh, performing at Yuck Yucks, which is like basically a comedy chain. And she's perform- She's got to deal with them. She's she's doing stand up all across Canada. She's been on TV. Um, we have we have a lot of talented people that were in that group. But because we were trying to do it so 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 often to beat the other guys, we we suffered because of it. So I I think the perspective that I have on this is, um, if I'm going to do a show, 
you know, I do my best to research as much as possible on the guests beforehand. I like to get into that, the, the idea of theming those days where I, where I can spend like a whole day working on podcast stuff. And actually we're recording it on the day where I'll do that. Um, I want to come back and, to that by the way. Sure, 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 sure. Um, and, and so, uh, I have the distinct advantage over you where this is, this is my job. Like this is my whole thing. Um, and, and so I, I don't worry about it as much anymore because I can't control it. I can only control what I do in my own behavior. And so I love listening to other people's shows. I don't listen to podcasts nearly as much as I used to probably because of time constraints. And also I'm listening to more audiobooks. but, uh, I don't, I can't, I can't concern myself with it because if I do, it's going to take my time and energy away from things that are frankly more important that I that I that I dedicate that time and energy to still searching for a great candidate for your company don't search just match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch that busy work instead use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster i wish i had indeed when i was in the hiring process in roles in the past because it is a slow arduous headache of a process to find the right people or at least it used to be join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use indeed to find and hire great talent fast in fact in the minute i've been talking to you 23 hires were made on indeed according to indeed data worldwide and listeners of the show will get a 75 dollars sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash to-do list just go to indeed.com slash to-do list right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash to-do list. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you enjoy Beyond the To-Do List, I invite you to check out Best Laid Plans. I'm Sarah Hart Unger, the host of Best Laid Plans, a podcast devoted to all things planning and planning adjacent. I talk about everything from paper planner reviews to deep dives into all things productivity from keeping track of goals and tasks to fitting in your true priorities and reducing the stress around planning and organizing across different areas of life. I am a practicing physician and mother of three, so I have a lot going on in my own life and am intimately familiar with the time constraints that impact us all. And I love sharing my own productivity strategies and learning from others who have their own ideas to share. I invite you to check out Best Laid Plans, available on all podcast platforms, or visit my website, theshoebox.com, dot com to learn more. So I think what I hear you saying is that it really does us no good to get stuck in the comparison trap of looking at others in, in our industry or in an industry we want to be in even, uh, whether that's podcasting, productivity, whatever, whatever, you know, online. I mean, everybody kind of, you know, yeah, I mean, cause in that cause online you- realm. Yeah, because you can watch like the guys like Jeff Goins and, and Michael Hyatt's and 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 you know the dog, all these guys that are making amazing everybody men and women they're making amazing content and if you keep comparing yourselves to them then you're not going to do your I mean again the, the Todd Henry thing you know you're not going to have it's your your voice will get lost you will you know you will not be able to be your authentic self. You will not be able to, I mean, you're, you're, you're coloring it too much with other people's things. I think it's important to, to read and, and learn and know, be aware. Sure. But I don't think, I think when you go that one level deeper where, you know, where you're okay, uh, you know, Oh, oh, so-and-so is writing about this. I better write about it. Or, Oh no, someone just wrote about this. I can't write about that. Or someone just recorded an episode about it, or someone's doing a video about that, or someone's making a product about that, you will end up um, sabotaging your own, your own, your own creativity and your own success along the way because you'll end up doing nothing. Because you can find somebody doing something that you either want to do or you, 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 you know, you're, or you may want to do on the internet. There's no question. It's yeah. so massive. So if you spend your time kind of, um, uh, you know, stuck in that then you're going to remain stuck. Yeah. I think that's the thing for me is that I probably, so like I said, I do, I have worried about that in the past. And I think what, what it hit me was, um, 
for example, recently you had, I mean, I'm going to just go, go right into it. You had mm-hmm. uh, Srini on and I was like, oh man, his episode came out before mine was able to come out. Now everybody will listen to his and then no one will listen to mine. And that's just not true. Mm-mm. Mine is about to come out after this one. And I listened to yours and it's night and day. Like he's still awesome. You're still awesome. I did a good job too, but the episodes are completely different. And that's a benefit to all of us in that you know, Venn diagram of who was involved there because the listener is the one that wins even more so because they get way more depth and breadth of uh, out of these shows. And and, and you know so. what? I think I think the the only thing that serves listening and paying attention to what other people are doing with their shows or with their work in general. This just doesn't apply to podcasting or running your own business. I mean, if you're working on a team and you see somebody that's doing something, the only, I mean, if you compare yourselves to them constantly, then that's a problem. But if you see that they're doing something that drives you to do better, that's okay. Yes. I think that that's, that's, that's yeah. fine. Move away but from that it, comparison and look more towards if you must look at people or – I mean I, I mean ideally we'd look at other people that are to our left or to our right or mm-hmm. a little bit ahead of us for uh, camaraderie as well as inspiration mm-hmm. and not competition. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean one of the things I wanted to do – I mean the reason when I – and I talked about this off the top is that the reason that I, I did this whole parody and made Merlin Mann my Bill O'Reilly character – was because I admired him. I I thought he was doing amazing stuff. I still think he does. Um, and I I thought this guy can can look at something, and and I think this is a, again a, a skill that comedians have or people that that have done comedy or creative is they can look at something, and find the their subject matter in everyday life. Um, there's this great um, bit by Jerry Seinfeld uh, in the movie Comedian. Where he, you know, he he talks about shaving uh, on an airplane, and he goes in and he sees the razor disposal unit, and his first thought isn't, um, oh, this is in case somebody, you know, has a dead razor blade and they need to replace it and put a fresh one in there so they can shave with a fresh razor blade. No, his thought is, who's shaving so much that they're going through blades on the plane? And then he turns it into a wolfman skin, like. No one – I mean yep. that's – and that's exactly – when I look at something, um, b- whether it's a blessing or a curse, uh, I look at something and I find the productivity in it. And I think that's probably part of my comedic brain. Merlin has this distinct capability um, and it's his own. Like again, he colors it with his own personality to look at something and find find something in it that is just – it pulls – the stuff he pulls out is like, wow. you know. And there are a lot of people that can do that in different areas. But when I gravitated towards Merlin because he could do this with this book, Getting Things Done, that was, you know, I mean, I love David's book, but it, it it's a tough read the first time you go through it because it's a lot to unpack and it's 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 you know it's not a it's not a long read, but it's it, it goes deep, like it forces you to really dive in, and Merlin was able to unpack it in a way that I'm like, yeah, that makes sense, or. And, and that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to do that. And I think that that, you know, you see that with other people. And 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 when I that's one of the things that I that I, I, I aspire to do. And and that's the thing that that can get lost um, in your work is if you are comparing yourself or if you're rushing or if you are trying to crank out more than what you probably can crank out in a given because we all have these constraints that can get lost. That's the first thing that goes for me is, I, you know, I and you'll hear it in a podcast episode. I mean, pulling behind the, you know, moving, going behind the curtain. If you ever hear me in an episode go, so tell me about the apps that you use. That's me running out of steam. Yeah, that's a pretty, yeah, that's a really good indicator because I know that you are really not, it's not that you're not interested. It's that you know that an app isn't going to make the difference. No, or, it, or it, it can, yeah. but it's the, it's not the app. It's the perspective. It's the approach. Yeah, as, and, as and, preach. And, and and so when I get to that point, I've run out. There's nothing left that I I can. There's no more layers of the onion that I've been able to find that I could peel back. It doesn't mean that there isn't any. It just means that I'm I'm out. I'm I'm ta- and yeah. that that's 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 either more often than not that's my fault because I didn't dive deep enough. Yeah. You know, and, and and I've actually gotten to the point where I am. Um, and again, I know you want to get back to the Wednesday thing, 
uh, where I where I actually audio video day happens on that day. I do interviews every every pretty much any day that people can book. I mean, I've got I've got obviously I use Acuity or some kind of scheduling program. I use Acuity scheduling to block out times when people can, you know, be interviewed. And so that way, you know, I don't have all day Wednesday where I'm doing interviews because that's not what I would want to do. But it there I am actually limiting the amount of interviews I will do a week now, which I never used to do. I used to say, okay, well, if I get five interviews in a week, so be it. The most I will do in a week now is two or three. I think it's still set at three and I might even peel that back to two because the problem is, is that I can't, I can't, uh, while I could have, I mean, Dr. Michael Bruce is an example of where I had to book well in advance, which is great. Srini was the same. I got the book. Mm-hmm. I can't even remember when I got, Srini gave it to me pretty much as soon as the, 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 the first proof copies were ready. Um, but if I don't have enough time, it shows. And, and it, it's not that I don't want to give the guest service. Um, and do do the episode justice. It's just there's a lot of other things going on. You know this uh, on your side too. Yeah. So so um, by limiting the ability to the the amount of interviews I have per week, first off, it almost always puts two two or three per week. Now it almost always does, unless I've blocked out the entire week. Um, and what and so if that happens, it gives me ample time to say, okay, on Tuesday I'm talking to so and so. Let me sit down and you know, just figure out what I want to really dive into. And, uh, you know, more often than not, I'm able to, I mean, I've been doing it long enough now where I can kind of, you know, spend maybe a day, uh, and I wouldn't say a full day, but you know, a few hours on the day before looking at their stuff and going, okay, here's at least eight questions. And you and I are the same as that. We'll have probably some, I would imagine we have a list of questions and then we kind of go down a, a, a roll, a, you know, a rabbit hole, if we want to call it that or, or a thread that we find and we're like, Oh, here's a question that I didn't expect to pop up. That happens. Um, and it happens more when you do less, oddly enough. Like when you do less, you're able to, you know, you're able to not go, okay, well, hold, hold on. I've got another two people and let me make sure that I've got all this. You don't have that yes. in your head. So, yeah. so I think that any work you're going to do, and we talked about this a, before the show is, is there's a power in doing less and doing less better. And the hard part is to, because you, you want to, you mean you want to batch and have more stuff done in advance. You want to be able to show that you can handle a lot more. But, you know, and maybe it's age. <laughs> you know, the older we get, we're like, enough of this, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, uh, I just came back from a, two weeks to travel, and I normally take one gap day. I took two. I took it two days after I got back. So today's my first real day of work because I was exhausted from traveling to three different cities in a span of 10 days. And, and people are like, oh, come on. You know, there's lots of people that do that. I'm like, yeah, that's fine for them. It's not fine for me. You know, you know? yourself. Yeah. And, and I, you, I, it's not like it wasn't it, travel. It, gosh, this is going way. Like we haven't even gotten in. See, there's the thing is like we haven't even mm-hmm. gone into any of the notes that I have listed here. It's, 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 it's a good thing we all. got a two part. It's and a good thing this is a two part episode. So let's, yeah. So <laughs> that's a, that's a key point here. We probably should mention, sure. uh, just so people know. Uh, that this episode is going to be a two-part episode, first part being here on Beyond the To-Do List and the second part being over on the Productivityist uh, podcast. And I don't know when we'll switch over. But anyway, it'll still continue probably as just a dialogue between the two of us because we're both kind of asking each other questions or maybe we can shift to that. But my point is – yeah. Um, I don't know what my point was. Let's 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 let's. Why don't we go uh, uh, like like the idea of doing less, and, yeah, so, or, or at least yeah, try to figure out how we can. Prior to us hitting record, that is what we were both talking about, and knowing that we both have different loads, and yet I think probably at this point both have loads that are larger than we want them to be. Mm-hmm. It's navigating the moving forward and hopefully shedding. Some people would, and you know, so there's the approach where you could say no to some stuff, uh, which at this point neither of us really can, uh, because we've said yes to the stuff that is now it now has to be done. We've said yes, and we're going to honor our commitments. It's an it's not it's not a have to because I know you hate that. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a need it's a need to because we honor our commitments and we've said yes already and and all that. Um, but that as we move forward, we will be able to complete certain pieces of work. And that the load will lighten, but that we aren't going to take new things on as we move forward. 
That's my approach right now at least. <laughs> well, and here's the danger is that – and I've found this to happen on several occasions. It's it's even happening you know, as we speak. Um, the problem with, 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 with the idea of we're going to honor those commitments and then when the next ones come up, we're not going to do them is there's that part of our brain that once we do the commitment that we said we would do even though we were pained during the process, let's say, we our brain goes, well, we did it, so it's okay. We'll do it again. You know what I mean? Like, like our brain goes. So, will okay, we learn well, a lesson? Yeah, exactly. And, and and because, as you know, um, and this isn't this isn't you know arrogance or anything like that. At least I, I hope it's not. Is that every time you do something and you're, you're leveling up, right? Like you're like, okay, I did this thing, and oh wow, look at this, an even better opportunity now. But I said I would say no, but look at how great this opportunity is. So maybe I shouldn't say no because it's going to either bring in more revenue or more. And I don't care what anybody says. Um, yeah, you're right. We should. I mean, most people say, oh, if it only pays an exposure, then, you know, exposure doesn't pay the mortgage. Um, if you're exposed to, you know, millions of people and it will help you make more money down the long run, that your brain goes there. Your brain says, oh, yeah. oh well, I know that I only I'm not going to get paid a lot. But man, oh, man, if I end up doing this, I'm going to get a lot more. You know, um, it takes a real resilience to say, I don't care if I'm going to be exposed to, you know, to millions more people. I'm not going to be able to do a great job with this. So no, I'm not going to do it. Um, so that's the danger. It's, it's, it's again, the, and I talk about this a lot with, with my workshops is I say, you know, um, and the idea of putting things on your due on your calendar as a due date, you know, you see that due date on your calendar and you're like, Oh, well I got a week. Oh, I got five days. So <laughs> oh, I got three days. It's the whole like cramming for the exam situation that you had in school where you're like, and and the problem is, isn't that you do that? The problem is that you succeed when you do that. You know, like if, if, if yeah, you, well, you, I put you know, yeah, it worked last time. There was yep. so let me so let me tell you a story. There was one sure. time where we were supposed to give a report. We were supposed to be doing a, a report and turn it in for a communications class, and then we we're supposed to give a presentation on the report. And I had got I had gathered my thoughts together enough to do the presentation. Had not written the report yet. Got up in front of class, did the presentation so that it was logged that like, well, he did the work. Like he he gave the presentation. Like he knew what he was talking about. And then then I wrote the report over the weekend and then turned it in on Monday after the teacher asked me, hey, I don't have your report. I'm like, really? Oh, here, let me get it for you. And it was completely dishonest, disingenuous of mm-hmm. me, and it was a trick, and it was a hack, and it was – I mean it, I'm not proud of that, but part of me is proud of that. You yeah. see what I'm saying? Like yeah. quote-unquote got away with it, hacked it, and and you know, I, and again, I'm, I have mixed emotions of, of that, um, that story. But it just – the rewarding of the negative approach and outcome being still a good outcome reinforces a bad habit. Yes, totally, totally. So – so the danger is is that you get all this stuff done or I get all this stuff done or not even all of it, but we 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 say that, uh, you know what, we just want to take some time and, and, you know, not have as much on our plate. Um, but then the other opportunity comes along and we're entering a time of year where our, our where, where at least I mean, for me, especially because I'm, you know, again, I run my own business is end the year strong, you know, like, and, and I mean, the only time of year where the I don't calendar think, year, yes. <laughs> yeah, the calendar year, I, I don't think the only time of year where it really slows down for me is the summer at this point. Um, every other time of year, it's either, and it's funny, you know, at the end of September, uh, I, I looked back at trip it, which is again, it's important to track this kind of stuff. That's why I'm such a huge believer in journaling, but I wasn't even checking journal entries. I was looking at my trip it history. I'm like, let me just take a look at it. And it seems like the last two weeks of September into the, into the last, like the first two weeks of October, um, which is around where we're recording this, uh, for the last three years, I've either been traveling or been busy with some kind of work. You know, like 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 more than usual or, you know, extenuating circumstances when it comes to work. And it's happened for three years running. So there's a pattern there. And if you recognize a pattern, then you should take steps to make sure either the pattern stops or that you make sure that you put in enough margin so that you can deal with that pattern. So, you know, I mean, I'm looking even at my travel schedule coming up and I've got, you know, possibly another two travel destinations. And then I've got two speaking engagements coming up 
at the very least. The only time I don't have anything, uh, the only month that I don't have anything scheduled at this point is the month of December. And we all know what December can be like, regardless of work. So, you know, we, we, we take on these things. We're productive people. We have this, this, um, this, this, uh, heightened, um, sense of, well, we better walk the walk, right? You know, if I can do all this stuff, then I should be able to do it and handle it. But we're human and we run into this issue of where we work on this book or this course or whatever and, or, or all the other things we've got going on and we do it. And the the one time and it comes out, okay, you know, people are happy and it works out and then we do it again. And, you know, we, we say, oh, we've done this once. And then the one time it doesn't work out. Um, and there will be a time where it doesn't work out. Uh, we take a hit and, and the thing is, is that's when you learn a lesson. Yeah. (laughs) That's when the lesson's learned. So, you know, I mean, I think it's happening right now to me, you know, I mean, there's, there's certain things going on right now. That that, you know, I'm going to I may take a hit on. Um, And it's because, uh, you know, I did overcommit. And I think honoring your commitments is very important. Um, But you're going to there's a point where you break and you have to be when that happens. You this is, again, why journaling is so powerful, because you could say, okay this is when this broke down. I can't do as much as I say I should be doing. I have to draw a line in the sand. And just like we were talking about podcast episodes and all that stuff. You know, not everybody's listening. You mean the whole world is not listening to your podcast no. or my podcast? You know, uh, our, our audiences will be around and, you know, they will – some of them will be, you know, unforgiving and some will be very forgiving. And hopefully more people will be forgiving than not. It, it might happen um, that you drop the ball. It's the, the important thing is, is that, like you said, you pick, when you pick up the ball – you have integrity that helps you, you know, that you, as opposed to, you know, offering some kind of excuse or reason or whatever, that's the tricky part. And so it, it, it's when you want to do less, um, it normally starts with the, oh my goodness, I have too many things going on. Um, I have every intention of not doing this again. That, that is not the most often way that this happens. It's not the most, more often than not, it's the, oh, crap, I didn't do this as well as I should have, or I didn't do this at all, and now I'm paying the price for it, so yeah. how do I fix it next time? Uh, and, and I'm very interested in hearing your thoughts on how do you, do you think it's – do you think it's possible that we can learn that lesson without having the crash and burn? Can we uh, you know, be in a season where – it does – we are overloaded and we are moving forward and we do get everything done. We do cross the line and you know, complete the race on all the things that we you know, have to do but then say, OK, never again. And what do, I, what do I put in place to keep this from happening in the future? Uh, I think you can. I think when you start to work by seasons, it gets challenging because then your brain accepts the fact that one season will be busier than the other. And you have to quantify that. You have to say, okay, well, this season is clearly busier, but I won't do any more than X. Or these are the X things that I know right. that I have to do or need to do or want to do or whatever. I think that that's the danger. Is The danger is, is you have to quantify that. Because if you say, oh, well, it's a busy season. Like, I mean, again, we're going into the end of the year. It's the busy season for me, right? And for you. But, you know, uh, I can't say, well, I'm going to do this and this and this and this and this. Um, because... Because it's a busy season. That's what you do in the busy season. You, you, I, I, I think that, that, that you can learn that lesson without crashing and burning. I think it's hard to learn that lesson. I think I still learn it on both counts. I think I learn it you know, during and I learn it after the process. Um, but I think you have to quantify it. I think instead of saying, well, I, I recognize that this is a, going to be a busy month, um, what is my overarching goal for this month? Well, my overarching project for this month is to work on um, actually, it's honestly, this is funny. My overarching project for this month, as we're in October, is to work on November, is to get November ready because that's part of what I do. And November is kind of my like strong end to the year. If I don't start working on that, and we're already five five days in, and I haven't given that much focus yet because I've you know I just got tra- I mean, this is more as we're recording this. Um, I haven't given it my overarching focus yet because I traveled and came back and took two gap days and. Now, I mean, obviously, today is, as I said, is audio video day. So my audio for today, 
See, and this is where it gets tricky is that, you know, okay, well, what audio am I going to do today? Am I going to do the audio for my overarching focus for the month, which is November, or am I going to do the audio that I need to do to make sure that I can make November a success? See, and that's the tricky part is that you, you, when you take on too much or when you have expectations that you set for yourself that are too high, and I think that's the danger, then that's, or that's a big danger, maybe not the entire danger, but then, then that's where, you know, and you, and here's the thing, we still have time. Like I still have time to say November means one thing as opposed to, I want to release this and this and this and this and this. I still have time. I haven't announced anything. I haven't. And and the whole Derek Sivers talk about keep your goals to yourself. Have you seen that talk before? I have. Yeah. Yeah. That has far more merit to me now than ever before. The whole idea of like, announcing and saying you're going to ship something is becoming dangerously uh, uh, a problem for me. I had an issue with my productivity display book when I said it was going to launch on the 29th. And I had some major issues with while I was traveling that didn't allow for that to happen. So I had to do what did I have to do damage control. I had to send out updates every day as to where it was at because I was still on the road. It's, it's out now. Uh, but it did not come out on the day it was supposed to launch. Now there was there was, and a quote I could say there was only there there was a small group of people that were affected by that. Um, but they were still a small group of people that were affected by that. And so there's an example of a commitment that you're honoring, and it fell through. And now you're like, man, I should never, I'll never launch a product while I'm on the road again. It doesn't unless I'm always on the road, uh, because that becomes the norm. Um, that's that's a problem. So you know, uh, but I announced I was going to release it. And and that's dangerous, I think, especially especially now when, you know, most people say, oh, well, you know, it's only it's 90 days away or it's six months from now. That time flies by. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you do. Six. If you're planning a trip six months from now, you better start planning now. Like start planning now because life happens. Life is moving so fast nowadays with all the things we have to do. Kids, family personal obligations, work obligations. If you have something you want to do six months from now, you better start working on it today. Because if you don't, it, it'll it be five months tomorrow. Then it'll be four months the next day. Then it'll be three months, two months. And the quality of the result will be so much lower. It doesn't mean you have to do, it's kind of like income taxes, right? If you do them every a little bit every single day, then you're going to have a far better, you know, you're going to be in much better shape come tax time. Right. Yeah. As opposed to, oh, my goodness, I only have a week to get them done or only have a month to get them done. You, you, other thing, life doesn't stop just because you have a big project or a big goal. Yeah. You know, so. So, I mean, I will. Pro- and here's the thing. I just said I will probably see this is the problem. I, I, I will probably never say I will launch something on a certain day ever again. First off. Uh, I think, th- and this is wh- when you get smart with business, you learn this. Uh, of course, it takes a couple of lessons. I will never announce a launch date for something unless it's done now, like unless it's done. Like, you know, the old adage of create a product and then and uh, say they're going to create a product and then survey people for it and then announce a date that it's going to be out and then, and then, then build it. the product. Yeah, yeah. That's ter- that is absolutely at this point, I find that to be absolutely terrible advice, terrible advice. Because I've done it twice, and both times I've been pulling my hair out near the tail end yeah. of, of the of the process. So, so you know, um, and I know we went a little bit off off into the weeds here, but the point is, is that we don't have as much time as we think we do, no matter what framework we have in place. And you can have all these frameworks in place, and they will, you will still that that human component that says, um, oh, I can deliver this, or I can do that. It's it's faulty. Your what you think you can do in a certain period of time is is and do well is faulty in a large and, and for most people. And, and so what you need to do is you need to say, okay, I, my monthly goal is this. What am I going to do uh, to make sure that that goal is achievable within that certain period of time? Uh, which goes for like the podcast and stuff. You know, I mean, I want to. I mean, we talked about this before we we went on the air. I want to make sure that I have my podcast episodes recorded a month in advance. I'd love to have two months in advance, but that just isn't realistic if I want to do these other things that I've got going on. And I'm sure you're the same. Yeah. You're probably and you're in more of a situation because you don't have complete control over your workday either. Right. Right. Yeah. And that so I think somewhere in here is a good transition point over to part two. Let yes. me pose a few different setups here and what we don't end up talking about right this second, we will carry over. Sure, um, sure. 
There, so there's a couple different jumping off points. I'm going to list them off. Number one, there's the working six months out is, I think, in a sense, a way of doing that course correcting because you start planting those things out there and you then have to set up that interval working on those things that are six months out before they become five and four and three months out, et cetera. There's mm-hmm. that track. Um, so for example, with that, like I knew that next year I needed to be very much more tight on, you know, what I, what I say yes or no to. And so I had, I had actually accepted a speaking gig and then I declined it. I went ahead and early removed it. And I think you, and actually it was something con, uh, connected to something you were doing also. And mm-hmm. then you, yep. you heard me say that and you were like, Oh, well, wait a sec. That helps me decide too. Yeah, so, it kind of gave me permission to do yes, that. Yes, exactly. So so that's one of the things I learned there. But this all really does tie into, surprisingly enough, one of the conversations that you and I had on our old last summer – actually, it was before the summer uh, – Blab Show with Steve Dotto where we talked all about priorities. You put this out as a uh, a podcast episode where we talked about priority and priorities and mm-hmm. goals – and even focus, and that's I think maybe a, a, a cool place for us to go would be to talk about uh, more deeply or more nuanced what those words mean and how do you go from having the right amount of things on your plate, the right amount of forward thinking, the right amount of action in the day-to-day as well as planning in the day-to-day – and maybe something else you're thinking of that I'm I'm blanking on right now, though. Well, I think I think also defining productivity, yeah, is another thing. I mean, that word gets thrown around like, and I think what we believe productivity to be is, I think, someplace we can unpack as well, especially on a show that that's got the word productivity in the title. There you go. So, uh, not to cut this short, but I think this is a good point to hit pause and say, uh, head on over to the Productivityist podcast, and I'll give the links in the the show notes to this episode as a way to head over there to find part two of this conversation. I hope that you're enjoying this conversation with Mike Vardy, but you owe it to yourself to continue enjoying it by heading on over to the show notes for this episode, where you will find the direct link for the continuation of this conversation over on the Productivityist podcast. You can find the show notes for this episode at beyondthetodolist.com slash 153. Thank you again to Aweber for supporting this episode of Beyond the To-Do List. Make sure to go check out their free online resource and landing page for anyone who wants to be a better digital marketer. You don't even have to consider yourself a marketer to do better marketing. If you're just in this online space and you're trying to create content and get it seen, then there are things that you probably know you need to be doing or maybe don't know you need to be doing. And to that end, Aweber has created a great free set of videos and downloadable checklists for you to get started. You owe it to yourself to go check that out. Go to aweber.com slash to-do. That's A-W-E-B-E-R dot com slash T-O-D-O. Grab those resources. They are free. Thanks again to Aweber for supporting this episode. And thanks to you for listening. I will see you next episode. Beyond the To-Do List is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.